0: Hey there. Thanks for visiting the podcast of the Guelph Vineyard Church. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast using whatever platform you listen on or visit our website at guelphinyard.com. Here's this week's message brought to you by our pastor Chris McQueen. This is the first uh, the first Sunday of the Epiphany season. Epiphany uh official was uh, January sixth, which of course uh, was a very inconsequential day in the story of North American uh, uh, society. Uh, no, it was a crazy day, um, which we're not going to talk a lot about this morning. But we're gonna we're gonna acknowledge that uh, we've gone through a really crazy week this week. Anyone want to amen that? Was this a crazy week this week? Yeah, um, wild. And so, um, but before we jump into that. Um, I have something that I want to and it correlates with this a little bit. Um, I want to invite the kids if you guys are around um, we're going to watch something in just a minute and um, and so epiphany it's you know depending on the different traditions of the church uh, this season uh, it centers on different stories right and uh, and so one of those stories the epiphany is the story of the magi who come and of course. When we think of this, um, if I was to talk of the three kings, uh, instantly we would think about about a song. Um, we three kings, and of course, you know, Live and I. Um, this year, we recorded Live's version of that, which I just need to say that's not the video that we're going to watch, but it is my favorite, my my new favorite version of the song. Um, but you know, the Epiphany season it marks this this really interesting moment that shows up. It's just in the Book of Matthew the only place we we find reference to this of these of these strangers these foreigners that show up um and they show up in pursuit of jesus and of course you know there was much hoopla and excitement about um about the alignment of the planets and this was going to look something like kind of the star and maybe it was the Christmas star and you know this sort of uh, astronomical kind of um, uh, event that's taking place and we don't know all of the stories but we're going to jump into that a little bit I think there's something pertinent for us in that story this morning and so uh, if the kids are around and you you guys are going to love this Uh, this is old I'm not going to lie to you this is one of my favorite things um, Christmassy things as a kid comes from uh, the claymation Christmas special and um, yeah when I think of the magi inevitably I think of really uh, cool funky uh, camels and you're going to understand why in just a second so here we go I'm going to bring this up and I'm going to hope very much that uh, that it works as it's supposed to start now lie amazing right am i right is that not amazing kids i don't think any computers were involved in the making of that that was claymation that was all like old school animation and i just i, I, I love the idea of these camels that are just sort of secretly injecting some cool into an otherwise what is in my opinion a fairly lame christmas carol <laughs> but a powerful story um so what I want to do this morning as we uh, as we jump in and, and consider the story consider these uh, did you guys realize um, that we have no idea if there were three of them or if there were uh, fifty of them or two of them all we really know is that there's plural uh, it's it's interesting how our imaginations and the ways that we tell our story kind of start to get formed and shaped by by the stories that we tell and the way that we tell them. And so this morning, before we jump too deeply into, uh, into this morning's content, I, I do wanna read from, um, from um, um, Matthew and, uh, and hear what he has to say about this. And so I'm just gonna uh, pull up the text here and, uh, and we can take a look at, at what it says. So this is after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea. During the the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem, the whole city, with him. And so this morning, that, that's the story of, that's relayed to us uh, in, in the book of Matthew, the story that that, that, that uh, Christmas carol is based on. And um, of course, if, if you're unfamiliar with what happens next, you know, the Magi, they dupe King Herod and, uh, and they get out of town and they warn uh, Joseph and Mary and they end up fleeing and they they flee to to Egypt because they know that they're under threat from the king and the king takes very very drastic measures um and uh and there's some horrible things that happen actually to the people to the children in Bethlehem and it's it's a terrible story that part of it. it's very intense it's very significant and uh, and there's there's a lot to be said um about it but this idea this morning that um, that I want to just sort of think about for a minute. I want to think about the story of these of these magi. Now we don't know 100 percent what their story is. Um, they're probably probably not kings. Um, that's uh, that's 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 probably not who they who they were. They were um, almost certainly uh, uh, foreigners uh, to the people of, of Israel. Uh, from outside of of the nation of Israel. Um, It seems like maybe they had a different religion, even, which is a really interesting thing to think about. Uh, What we do know, uh, almost for sure, is that they really knew what was going on uh, in the stars. Uh, We would look at them, and we might call them astronomers, uh, they were familiar with what was going on in the sky they had a sense of what was supposed to be there and we don't know what that when it says star what that you know when it talks about this star that led them we, we don't know what that is we don't know if that was if that was a strange thing that they saw and that happens in the skies sometimes there are different events that take place that we we can't anticipate we don't know if it's because there was some kind of supernova and there was some kind of a star that blew up. We don't know if it was a comet. We don't know. We don't know what it was. We don't know if it was a, if it was a, a, a series of, of stars that came together in a unique constellation for a time. We don't know. But something captured their imagination. Something captured them and they were uh, compelled to, uh, to throw their arms around a, a kind of crazy journey. And so I want to just think about that a little bit this morning. Now last week uh, we I'm just going to call up my uh, I'm just going to call up my notes here. Um, so last week we uh, we looked at a f- series of questions. There were four questions that we that we looked at. And uh, we kind of closed out that time by by asking these questions in relation to a story about and a reminder about the nature of the grace of God, the gift of God, the, the kindness of God towards us. Um, but we kind of closed out this way by asking four questions. What are we going to embrace this year? What do we want to resist this year? What do we want to test this year? And what do we want to trust this year? And, um, you know, as I've been contemplating that, and and I've actually been allowing that to, those to be leading questions it feels really important actually throughout at least a chunk of the season of epiphany because epiphany is actually every time every all the Sundays between now and and Lent which is kind of the start of the Easter season in some ways for us um, all those Sundays are part of what we call the Lent season and there's like seven weeks and so throughout the season of epiphany um, it feels appropriate to dig into each of these questions Um, a little bit more and so um, this morning I uh, I, I, just this first question of what to embrace uh, is going to be something that I want to invite us um, to ask ourselves uh, to start to have that conversation what do you want to embrace this morning what are you called to embrace this morning what's the desire of your heart um, What does the desire of your heart want to embrace this morning but here's the thing, uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, um, this week kind of got crazy town in the news. Um, a lot of stuff, a lot of really disturbing stuff happened this week, um, particularly in the, in the United States. Uh, but of course, you know, that has re, uh, repercussions in our own, you know, maybe not directly politically, but certainly in our, um, the things we think about. And the questions that we ask ourselves. Um, this is an important relationship, not just in terms of our countries, but just our understanding of our culture. It's, these are fairly closely knit. And I'll be honest with you, um, I contemplated flipping the order of the questions a little bit. I contemplated after looking at what was taking place, I, I, th- I thought maybe what's important for us to look at this morning is to ask the question, what are we supposed to resist this year? because it feels like there's some pretty easy answers in there for us some things that are going on that we see in culture around us that maybe we even see happening in different streams of the church and we see them and we can identify we can say this is something that clearly needs to be resisted and so I asked that question should we jump into the resistance a little bit today and I really felt um a fairly compelling no that that is not in that that there's an order to these questions now this isn't my particular wisdom this is just kind of how these questions presented themselves to me during a walk that you know Liv and i were for, for a walk about a week and a half ago or something um but it's important i was thinking about how important it is um that identifying what it is that we embrace, identifying what it is that leads us, what we are for, what we are after, is so important and so critical if we're to have any kind of a healthy relationship with, with what we might need to resist in life. Um, you know, it's, uh, we, we're sort of naturally hardwired for, uh, for resistance, to resist stuff, to identify something that is a threat, Something that makes us uncomfortable. We're pretty much hardwired for that. And you you know why that is? Uh, it's because we really we really do. Um, we're hardwired uh, to survive. And survival, that mechanism, making sure we make it to tomorrow, um, that is constantly identifying risks and threats. And so it can be really easy for us to recognize and to articulate what we want to avoid. Uh, what we're maybe uh, uh, afraid of or concerned about, what is a threat to us. We can really easily identify those things. If I was to go around the call right now and invite us to all start to unpack um, that question, unpack the question, hey, what is important? What do you need to avoid this year? What do you want to resist this year? What's a threat to you this year? I bet you we'd have no trouble at all filling that up, filling up that list. But that's not the question we're asking this morning. The question that we're asking is what, what do we want to embrace? What do we want to pursue? What do we want to hold, lay, lay hold of this year or even this week or even today? And my experience says that some of us might be able to have some good answers to that. But my experience also says that we would have a much shorter list we'd have to fight a little bit harder to be able to articulate what we what we feel like we need to embrace or receive or pursue. Um, because in a lot of ways, that question has to do with the flourishing question. It has to do with not just surviving, which is kind of our first need, but it has in many ways to do with with what kind of life we get to lead when we survive. <laughs> what kind of thing, what kind of person do we want to be? and uh we have uh we, we just don't have the mechanisms in place to articulate that so well. We can go from concern and and uh issue and fear and uh, we can go f- from one to another from one to another, constantly looking for those risks and those threats and assessments and never get to the question of what do I want? What do my what am I made for? And what's the leading of the Holy Spirit? Ultimately is the thing I think that probably is the healthy is a very healthy way to frame that question and so um i just think it's it's a significant thing i want to i want to acknowledge that this has been a hard week and i want to acknowledge that there are things that are happening um that i'm very much i'll tell you i'm very much against a lot of a lot of the rhetoric that i'm hearing out there i'm very much i was very disturbed by what happened on wednesday those images that came in uh and there are parts of the church and even parts in the culture of the church and even parts of the culture of the, of, of the, of the stream of the church to which we belong um, that contributed to that, that are part of that. And I think we need to take a good long look at some of those things. Um, and I'm committed to do that. And I want to say that, but I also want to not short circuit and jump to the to what is in some ways the easy thing without first asking a question, what are we being called to? What are we being called to embrace, to seek, to wrap our arms around? And I find that really, uh, really interesting in the story of, of the Magi, in the story of, these, of this group of people who, I'm telling you, um, journeying in that time was more complicated than journeying in, what, in, in what, how we might go on a journey. If you guys want to go on a trip somewhere, I mean things are complicated right now, okay? So, like the kind of last year notwithstanding, you want to go on a trip somewhere. What do you do? You book a, you book an airplane ticket. You make sure that you got your Airbnb lined up or your hotel lined up and your food and whatever. And you know you typically can be anywhere in the world within you know reasonably. You could be pretty much anywhere in the world within about thirty six hours, really. Most in, in most circumstances. It, it was different for these guys. It was different for these magi. Uh, it was not easy taking, hitting the road meant something. And by the way, they hit the road, and according to the story, they hit the road, and they were carrying some really important and and uh, valuable things. Um, you know, they were walking. They would have been a a, a prime, like if, if they'd been encountered thieves. Uh, that's a good haul. You're walking away with gold, you're walking away with very expensive perfumes that meant something back in that time. Spices and perfumes, I mean, they were carrying a haul, and so they're walking and they're vulnerable. And you know what they're following? Apparently, apparently they're not following a road, apparently they're following something that they see in the sky, something that's compelling them in the sky. They're they're following a dream, a desire. It's really a fascinating story. And so they clearly are embracing something, aren't they? They're embracing something that's compelling them into, by the way, a fairly un- a series of fairly uncomfortable situations. You do get the sense in their encounter with Herod um, that you know they're asking a couple of questions. They're, they they come with news and they end up upsetting an entire city. The city of Jerusalem, it says, was all got was all trying to figure what was going on. Um, well, you know, that's, that's not going to be a comfortable environment. And yet they, they carry on and they set forth. Right. And so what we embrace is it's a really, it's a really important question. Um, and how are we going to discern what to embrace and whatever our assumptions, uh, about what that's going to look like that journey, um, you know, something that I find really hilarious, actually, and I haven't really noticed it until this morning, was, uh, so not only are they following something that they see in the sky, um, has anyone noticed, has anyone ever noticed before that they, that they kind of go to the wrong place? Like, they we have this idea that they're following a star, right? And, the, and there's even the language of when they go to Bethlehem, the star leads them to the place that Jesus was, right? This is the idea that we have. And so we almost have this idea of like a moving, shiny thing that they're following and they're just, they're just following this thing. But apparently that's not the case. Apparently that's not the case because, um, because what did, where do did they go actually? Uh, it seems like they know that something is happening in Israel seems that they have an expectation there's a king that's been born in israel this is this seems to be part of the backstory to this um but they basically go to their they they use their heads and they it it seems like they make they chart a course for uh for jerusalem right they go to the place where most naturally the king would be which is very different from this kind of I'm I'm just kind of reaching in the dark, and wherever I see the star go, I'm going to go there. You know, we might have this image of like Israel in the desert following a pillar of fire. Well, guess what? That's not the story here because they they actually go into uh, a, a dangerous place. It turns out, right? They, tr- they 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 trigger Herod. They trigger a king who um, has clearly a pretty bad temper. Is a pretty dangerous dude, right? And so they actually, in following, in following um, what they're throwing their arms around, they make a mistake. I think I can say that. They, they, they don't go to the right place. They don't go to Bethlehem. Right? They go to Jerusalem. Oh, I'm so grateful that there's grace in that story. Um, I'm so grateful that they continue to be led after that. Another thing that's interesting. So we've got our nativity. Scenes. Anyone have anyone own a nativity scene that you put up? Yeah. Okay. And so, does anyone who has a nativity scene not have uh, three wise men as part of that nativity scene? Right there with with Jesus in the in, you know in the, in the in the straw in the hay. Right. This is all part of this is a part of the imagery. Right. The three wise men are there on the night Jesus is born. I think probably most of us are aware of it uh, but that's not the case the three wise men are not there or the ten wise men or the fifty wise men we don't know they're, but they're not there we know that they're not there on the night that the angels showed up and the, and the shepherds showed up which is which is why it's helpful to tell this story not on Christmas Eve not necessarily as the part of the Christmas story as we understand it but something that happened in the early part of the life of Jesus now if we read just a little bit further in Matthew, what we discover, because the you know King Herod says, Hey, uh, so how when did you actually know it wasn't the text that we read? When did you see? When did you see this star? And they say, Ah, about two years ago. Right? So their story is not immediate. There's no immediate gratification. Whatever they've thrown their arms around is a long term commitment. It's a long term embracing. And they're embracing something that is mysterious. And and it's a it's I don't know. Did they sit around for I don't know how long, um how long it takes. We don't we just know that they were from the east. Right? So we don't know exactly is that Asia? Is that is that Africa? Is that a combination of places? We we don't know. We just don't really don't really know they think possibly iraq but yeah you know and i don't know how long it would have taken them but maybe they sat around for a year debating and questioning and being unsure and and pondering this thing and letting this thing grow but this is not an immediate experience and i don't think that we should expect as we ask deep and leading questions of the holy spirit as much as we might want to think of epiphany as a moment how many of you would say i've had you think you have an idea and you say i've had an epiphany i've had a moment where i see clearly something which is by the way what epiphany means epiphany means to, to suddenly see right it's actually like a manifestation something shows up literally in appearing um And so we have this idea of of the suddenness of what's taking place in this. And yet, for these magi, there's very little that's sudden about this story. I don't see any example of suddenness. I see process. I see a process of of epiphany, right? Now, in that moment of reveal, when they show up, by the way, not to a manger, but to a house where Mary and uh you know the Joseph and Jesus are are working out their their the young life of, of Jesus as a child. Um, you know they in that moment there is this sense of 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 uh, distillation, right? We see a number of things take place, and we could unpack it uh, um, more more deeply. But you know one of the things that's really important to know about this season in general is that um, there is a mixing of otherness that's taking place here Jesus has not just come for those who are part of the Jewish story he's not just come for the people of Israel that's the point in a lot of ways, that's what people think Matthew is getting at and in including this, apart from it being a really great story, is a reminder that Jesus is for the world, is revealed to the world, and, and, and that the world is being led to him. These are these are important things that bear consideration here. But we do see this kind of moment where there's a culmination. And I bet you for the Magi in that space, there probably is the sense of, of a eureka moment, of a here it is but it's not out of the blue it's not out of the blue it's a highly intentional highly sought after moment it's a hotly anticipated moment and i think that it's okay for us you know we can sometimes think of the idea of being led by the holy spirit as as being almost like a actually almost like a wild goose chase which by the way interestingly is is a celtic vision for the holy spirit is a wild goose and so there's actually a wild goose chase is the root of that is spiritual the root of that is actually being led by the holy spirit which is another story altogether and there are moments like that and brady talked about these moments where where we have a nudge from the spirit and we respond to that and there's and and there's a story that, that emerges in that space, and I champion that. I believe in that. I, I love it when those things happen, right? Um, but when we when we it's it's easy for us to fall into that rut, particularly in our particular in, in our sort of stream of the church. We, we really value what happens in the immediate. We, we value what happens spontaneously. We, we value deeply um, and, and almost give more credibility to something that is, that is unrehearsed and unplanned for than we do for something that is highly planned for and highly anticipated. And yet this story, is to, it, would, it would tend to, to speak a different narrative, wouldn't it? It would tend to say that it's okay for us to, to follow long and probably to deliberate i'm sure that the magi had some form of deliberation two years is a lot of time i'm sure it didn't take two years from the emergence of whatever it was they saw to when they show up in the presence of jesus what to embrace you know there are a few different um, ways to ask that question and to invite that question into our life as a community and into your life and my life as individuals um, And And I think I so there are three things that I want to there are th- three really specific things that I want to invite that question in. and we're gonna do this with all of these questions over the next over the next few weeks The first is to answer the question from your own heart's desire If you could choose to embrace something and i'm going to call it i'm going to use the time that the sort of unit of time being this year because we're still at the beginning of 2021 but you can you can put this on a daily thing you can you can apply this to your week what do you want to embrace what are the desires of your heart leading you to embrace I believe that the desires of our heart, particularly as we're discipled and particularly as we're mentored and follow in the way of Jesus, they start to take on the flavor and the characteristics of of God. I mean, that's part of what the deal is, is that we get transformed into a likeness of Jesus. And so, so that's a reasonable question to ask. What are the desires of your heart? If you could choose to embrace something this year that you're, you know ostensibly not right now maybe what would you choose to do just out of your own desire you may want to pass that through some filters but i think it's a good question to ask it's always important to ask these questions of ourselves anyways because we always it requires us to take accountability for what comes next if we um god is a partner with us he doesn't call us to be a robot he doesn't give us programming and then we just do the thing and we get to blame him for whatever follows right we have a mutuality and so let's ask the question what do you want to embrace the next one the next one is is is, uh is a good one what are the scriptures inviting us to embrace You know, as we as we reflect on the on the bible as we read the stories particularly in the new testament and really particularly of the gospel what does jesus specifically call us to embrace and is there something that is highlighted in those scriptures for us for you for me in this year giving specific answers to this is really important by the way um I'll tell you, and this comes out of just my own journey with my spiritual director, and more particularly my journey with the Holy Spirit. Um, But I, I'm feeling really uh, compelled to embrace the reality that I am the beloved of God. That is the story that, that you know, that feels really particularly being highlighted, largely in Scripture. We've talked about that recently a little bit, Paul talks about that the beloved of God, the belovedness. Of God. That, that's my that's my personal that's my personal journey as a follower of Jesus, whether it be a pastor or no pastor or whatever. That's something that I'm feeling compelled to embrace. The reality of that. What's your answer to that? I promise you that as you dig into the Scripture, something will reveal that is this. That's something to embrace and believe it. Thirdly, the third voice in this is quite simply the voice of the Holy Spirit. The leading of the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit asking you to embrace? By the way, if we need to choose to embrace it, if we have to ask the question, that means that it might be difficult to embrace it. It's sort of built into the... we. What we embrace without thinking about, we embrace. We don't have to think about it. It's not hard. So probably the answer to these questions, you know, if, even out of if, even the desire of your heart, if you want to... Maybe if out of the desire of your heart, you want to embrace adventure or change or out of the desire of your heart. Maybe you want to embrace a family member that is out of reach or something. I don't know. But probably if you're having a, if you're having that conversation, it means it might be a hard thing. I think we just need to acknowledge that. And so what's the Holy Spirit inviting you to embrace? I think, again, I'll be really personal. I think that the Holy Spirit is inviting me to embrace uh, failing again uh, this year. I have a feeling that I'm going to have projects and things. I I don't think that I'm going to be a failure. But I think that if I do what I feel the Holy Spirit is asking me, that I need to be ready to embrace some failure You know, ooh, that's not—I tell you—that's not of the desire of my heart. Question. You know, I'm—I'm just—I'm—I'm uh, I'm just trying to give what what this looks like in my life right now, in hopes that maybe this helps to inspire you to put some specific answers to these questions, so that with intentionality. We can press into something that otherwise we would duck. The Magi, I—I I mean, I don't know this because I can't. But if I—but if I could know it, I would. How's that for a how's that for a logic circle, a self-feeding loop? But there were—I'm certain that there were times where they wanted to duck and run in the journey, in the lunacy of striking out to a foreign land looking for a king a king who was just born you know and so they had to have something fixed in their minds and maybe it was this this thing that we call a star whatever this thing in the sky was that was leading them but they'd fixed it there they had seen it they they could identify it this is what we're following this is what is leading us this is what we've embraced I want to invite you into that question this morning. It's going to, I'm going to close it with a, with, a, with a couple of more thoughts, and then, and then we can pray. Um, are you willing to throw your arms around an epiphany today? Our willingness is absolutely central to this question. Are you willing to? If God shows you a star, will you throw your arms around it? As we think about that word epiphany, here's a definition. A usually, usually sudden manifestation or perception of the essential nature or meaning of something. Ooh, that sounds very philosophical. An intuitive grasp of reality through something, such an event, usually simple and striking. Another one here is an illuminating discovery, realization, or disclosure. When I want to prepare you that as you press into the epiphany, the season of epiphany, what that usually looks like, it usually looks like we see something that's been there all along. It's a reveal. It's an, it's, it's an appearing, but it's a, re, it's, a, it's a reveal of something that was there. That's usually what an epiphany is. And that's why it's such a striking moment. Oh, I didn't see that before, but there, there it is. There it was. And so into the common space of your life and mine, Lord, we ask for you to bring your reveal. Lead us in an epiphany. God, help us to discern both our own hearts, our own minds, the heart and mind and imagination of the scripture, and in particular, the imagination and the leading of your Holy Spirit. And God, i sure we invite miraculous stuff. And I don't say that dismissively. We really do. We really invite miraculous intervention type work of your spirit. And Lord, we also move and with, I think, a biblically sound expectation that your reveal, your epiphany, uh, is going to come in the commonplace life that we are leading, the common experiences of life. And so Jesus, we invite you to come and to move and to reveal. I feel like right now, uh, we haven't done this sort of thing in a while. Uh, if it's possible for you, I don't know what your circumstances are. I want to invite you to close your eyes if you can and just create a posture of openness, of receptivity and vulnerability with the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite a search me and know me kind of prayer into your life right now. Prayer to the Holy Spirit to come and to search, to come and to reveal, to come and to know. Come, Holy Spirit, search us. If we think we're going to navigate this year well in our own capacity, our own vision, our own strength, mm, we need you, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, lead us, shape us, reveal, bring your reveal. I see a picture in my mind of the Lord speaking words, and and into into like a, a volatile weather, like into the wind essentially. And the picture in my mind is that those words not only do they stand in the um, violence of the of the weather in the in the storm, um, not only do they stand and hold. In, in that wind, but they actually, those words actually become a sail that are able to move us through that space. And so I want to speak that blessing into your life that the Lord in his Holy Spirit would speak words that would not simply stand, but would actually be able to um, to move you through the seasons of the, of the blowing of the winds, whether they're cultural, whether they are political, whether they are maybe even the winds of the Holy Spirit, but that there would be a capacity not simply to stand, but to actually be moved, to actually capture and harness the, the, the power of, 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 all, of the, all of this wind that seems to be blowing, us, blowing around us. In these days, thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Um. Yeah, with that, I just uh, I pray a, a blessing and a release into. Uh, I know I released this into these four questions. Of, you know, prayerfully. It's a weird language, but you know what I mean? Released this into these four questions last week, but I feel like there's a distilling process. And so this week, I just want to pray the blessing of of asking the question, what this embracing question, asking it of, again, of your own heart's desires, asking it of the scriptures and what you see written there, particularly in the Gospels, and asking it of the Holy Spirit um, and just allowing that to take shape as it as it will. So just... Um, and particularly for those on Zoom, of course, you can stay on. Um, if you're tuning into this uh, in some other place, just pray the blessing of the Lord into the rest of your day, into this week, and uh, and that the Lord would bring a slow, um, steady reveal, uh, and that that you would receive in epiphany in the season of of epiphany and epiphany that that looks and sounds like Jesus. I pray this in in his name. Amen.